welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps, and I'm here with... Elizabeth Helley. And... Tyler Hymanson. I'm from Spain. Oh! Oh, I can really hear it <laughs> yeah, in your yeah. voice. I, I thought you, you were... Can't Egypt- you tell from my Spanish accent? <laughs> I thought you were Egyptian, actually. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that was a little bit further back. <laughs> Oh, gosh, you guys, welcome <laughs> to a brand new episode. Uh, we are here talking about a brand new franchise. That's right. Highlander kicking off today. Oh, my God. I This is going to be fun. There can, <laughs> there can only be fun. I can, yes. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. Oh, man. Well, uh, I hope you guys all enjoyed our series on Bad Boys. We you make sure... it sound like we're like frontline of like our investigative series on Bad Boys. We did investigate. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, go back and listen to it. Um, if you did uh, like it and want to, you know, shoot us over yeah. some love, you can. Yes. Please email us at sequelrights at gmail.com and find us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at sequelrights. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, five stars mean a lot. goes a long way for the algorithm. And I'm going to say it. I think that Bad Boys for Life is the best third movie in any franchise that we've done. Oh. If, you, if you disagree, tell us in the comments. Yeah, fight. Let's fight. Yeah, tell, what, what do you think the best third movie is in it's any franchise? It's doing really well. It's the doing incredibly well. Too, yeah. Still. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bring on number four. Where it's just like, I, I don't know why Hollywood can't figure out Will Smith because like there's obviously star power and with him and Martin Lawrence, but like they just, I, I don't know. I guess Yeah, they what, just have to do two of the same movie and one of them would be good and the other one will, you know, just be like the oops. Yes. <laughs> I, think, I think when they're just too over serious, I think that people are just like, eh. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. And like, what is Well, you didn't like a, the pursuit of happiness? What even, yeah. <laughs> what even is a Gemini man, honestly? Yeah. And uh, not only are we starting off a new franchise here, but we have a special guest interview at the end of the episode. You may remember author Jonathan Melville from our episode on Tremors the Series, but he is back this week to talk about his upcoming book uh, on the making of Highlander. Uh, so stay tuned at the end of the episode to hear him talk about that. All right. You guys ready for this? Are you ready for this? I'm going to hit the button, and the trailer's going to play. If we, not... can't, we can't go back from this. Okay, well, I hope that Queen is in the trailer. Ooh. <laughs> oh, well. From another time comes a man of great power. Talk funny, Nash. Where are you from? Lots of different places. A warrior of incredible strength. You've the devil in you. We've been kinsmen 20 years. Connor McLeod was my kinsman. I don't know who you are. Because you were born different, men will fear you, try to drive you away. A man uncertain of his future. What you got here, Brenda, is a guy who's been creeping around since at least 1700. Not possible. And haunted by his past. Oh, God. I had to let it go until it got to that, what you got here is the guy's been creeping around for at least since the 1700s. Oh, boy. Yeah, so this is the movie Highlander. Yeah. Which is, uh, I think, interesting in that I think that the central idea of this movie of, like, Immortals and the Quickening and everything else is much more central to what people think about these movies as opposed to just the immortal Scotsman that is the Highlander. Like, I think the name is even a misnomer. Yeah, I was 
Did oh. you see this before? No, I was just going to say that I was completely unprepared for this movie. <laughs> I had no, I didn't know anything at all about this movie except that there can only be one. That's all yeah. I know, but I didn't know anything about yeah. it at all. I was like, wait, we're in the present day or, you know, in the 80s? Like, I, what's happening? I, yeah. Yeah. I knew he was, like, immortal and there could be only one and that you can only kill him by cutting their heads off. That's yeah. all I knew. <laughs> I didn't know that much. That's all I knew. Uh, and, uh, wow, you know, my, in my mind I was like, okay, there's been a lot of these movies. It's all over pop culture. There's yeah. even a TV show. I was like, it must be the first movie. It must be pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and I watched this movie, and, and you know, it was really funny, um, actually, for me, you know, I, I know I've said this on here a lot, but I often uh, fall asleep watching these movies because I'm <laughs> trying so hard to pay attention, but I'm trying to fit it in with all sorts of stuff going on. Anyways, I knew we were in for something special where yes. I watched about the first 10 minutes <laughs> and then fell asleep, and I woke up to the sight of, uh, you know, Chris, uh, what's his name? Christopher uh, Lambert. Yeah, Christopher Lambert oh. and Sean Connery running together. Along the beach, (laughs) like long lost lovers. And I woke up right at this moment, and Sean Connery is like, This is the quickening! And they jump off a cliff out of nowhere. I was like, what the fuck is... What it's, did I miss? It's quite a frolic, too. It's like a, a carefree, like, you know, lambastic kind of run. It's not like a Tom Cruise situation. No, it's like a no. frolic, for sure. And he, and he uh, channels the... He has to focus in on the, the heartbeat of the deer first before mm. he channels the speed of the horse, I guess. Uh, I know this is totally out of order, but I was just... That was how I saw it. <laughs> I well, saw the Justin, beginning and then that scene. The reason you keep falling asleep is because you watch the movies in your house. See, the key is when you start getting sleepy, that's when you move from Starbucks to McDonald's right. or from the uh, train, train to the train. Yeah, as you stop. Again, yeah. as as this this movie has a sex scene in it, and so therefore I was watching it in a public place. Yeah, oh. I, I was watching it in McDonald's, and then the sex scene starts, and I'm like, oh, God, the play place is right behind me. No! I gotta go take this over to Burger King, where they the appreciate bus. this type Hide of thing. <laughs> Thankfully, there was no children, only old people playing Mahjong or something. There's also so. a point where the sex scene almost happens, uh, because Christopher Lambert's, like, trying to make moves on his girlfriend on a bunch of rocks, and then Sean Connery just rolls up, and this he's like, This was Hello. hilarious. Okay, you're underselling the way he is introduced in this moment. They're, like, making out on this rock, him and his wife, Heather, or whatever her name is, um, and uh, they're making out, and she's like, you can do this to me forever, and he's like, I will. And they're like, da-da, kissing, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah! And the horse jumps over them. You see, like, the undercarriage of a horse, and it's like, yeah! I mean, I'm pretty sure they were, like, not just making out, because her, yeah. her entire house was just finished. Yeah. yeah, I think they had like, finished. Oh but he yeehaws out of nowhere uh, <laughs> over the top of them, and then he's like, ah, my name is Super Long Name from a place. I'm a metallurgic shaman. I don't remember what he yes, said. Yes, <laughs> in this movie... Where Christopher Lambert, who was born in the U.S. but grew up in Switzerland, so he's has, oh my god, so okay. he so he has a Swiss accent. It's one of these inexplicable like yeah. we ran into this with the uh, Poltergeist Legacy, where all yeah. the guys had strange European accents that yes. no one could quite place. <laughs> so yeah, so he has this Swiss accent. Does not sound Scottish in the slightest or American in, in the slightest. He sounds like he just sounds like a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like what took you so long? <laughs> Honestly. My 
my, the, my honest like take on this movie was like, this is like the room level yeah. bad movie. Yeah. Oh. yeah, that's how I felt. I was like, the nonsense going on in this movie and the line reading is like <laughs> so bad. It's like, listen, 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 listen to this. Are you scared, Connor? <laughs> no, cousin Dougal, I'm not. <laughs> no, cousin Dougal. We don't have time to explain who you are, friend Tyler. So let's uh, give everyone titles. Cousin Dougal, no. Oh. God. It's just like I could have, like uh, you know, I only have so much room on my soundboard here, but I could have loaded up like the full movie and been like, Policeman Richards. Yeah. Don't move, pal. Don't even breathe. <laughs> that was so ridiculous. Yeah, so, okay, so before anything, we start with a just ridiculous, nonsensical voiceover that apparently was famously recorded by Sean Connery in the bathroom, and which that's why is so echoey. Really? Yes. Oh, my God. I mean, that's what, that's what all the, the trivia, Wikipedia, and IMDb, <laughs> all that stuff says. He recorded it in the bathroom of a Spanish via because he was there <laughs> getting voice lessons or dialect <laughs> lessons from an acting coach for, to perfect his Spanish accent, which, like, oh my God. good Kudos to that guy who cashed his checks and then ran away all the way to the bank. Like, oh man! So was that was it Donald Trump? Like, was that part of Trump University? Uh, yeah, I don't know. But apparently, when he sent the recording, the producers couldn't tell that it was bad quality or whatever, and so they were like, "Okay, great, put it in the movie." And that's why it sounds really echoey. Oh God. There's so much stuff on this Wikipedia page that I was like, is that real? Who knows if it's true, but I did see it not just on IMDb, so I was kind of like, okay, that's, yeah. yeah. No, this is one of those that has, and if you're listening, welcome, and we're sorry that we're shitting on this movie. Well, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, no, it's okay. But this is one of those things where if you look at the IMDb, you can tell that people are fans of this movie because there is a lot of shit up there. Hey, I'm glad for them. Yeah. I won't say that there's nothing here to appreciate. There are some things that you so know, we'll I, get into. I left with two thoughts from this movie, okay? Mm-hmm. That relate to other movies that we've talked about. One, Basket Case is a fucking masterpiece of yeah. being at like a tenth of this budget mm. and having a, a bunch of crazy New York shit and like it's like, like this movie had like $12 million, $15 million. Like, Basket Case probably had two grand. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I just find that incredibly impressive. Second, I think it's one of those things where the idea supersedes the quality of the movie, like The yep. Purge. Like, it's one of those things where, like, there is immortal warriors out there, and they're always stalking each other and trying to find each other. It is <laughs> something that... And there can only be one. And, yeah, and, and like, it, it's something that I feel like that popular culture has co-opted and coalesced, and it's just part of the DNA. I wanted to come on here and be like, can someone tell me what a Highlander is? Yeah, yes. Because I feel like they don't do a great job of explaining what's going on. Well, they're not on. all Highlanders. Yeah, he's, he's the only Highlander. Yeah, right. he's the Highlander. Right, right. Yeah, he is from the Highlands. Yeah, but... it's just confusing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What, did, did we even learn what they're called? No. They're just immortals? They're, yeah, they have the blood of kings. Oh. Okay. Some people according, are just According born, to Freddie Mercury. They're born different. Yeah. And uh, and then when you get close to another person who's different, uh, the lightning makes you orgasm. That's exactly. What I was gonna say like it makes you and all the inanimate objects around you explode in the biggest orgasm you've ever had in your life. Hey-o. 
<laughs> hey I should have caught one of those recordings. <laughs> but the first time it happens, he chops off, like, backflip dude's head. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, that guy did so many backflips. Okay, so, so this movie starts. Okay, so this is a movie. Uh, it's directed by, I don't know the guy's name, but he was, but he was a it's big... It's Russell Mul- Mulcahy. Russell Mulcahy. Uh, big music video director did a ton of Duran Duran videos. Mm-hmm. Did you know everything else? And you, you can tell that that who the target audience of this movie is because it starts at a wrestling match at Madison Square Garden and then ends up with two like cool guys fighting with swords in the parking structure. It's just like, but it starts with tons of wrestling shots. Just like, hey, thirteen-year-old boys, like here's a movie for you. Yeah. <laughs> And there's and, like some guy and yelling. Proceeds his, from there. There's yeah. a guy yelling in uh, Christopher Lambert's face, like, "Yeah, yeah, you gotta love this. Yeah, yeah." Oh yeah. There's there's one there's one <laughs> shot where like everyone in the crowd's going crazy, and then there's just like a sad like glint. Like, like, <laughs> why, why did he even go? He's like, why am I here? Why did he even go? Like he didn't know that guy next to him. No. Like, oh god. Maybe but, he was anticipating. So, yeah, the, so, they, so they start fighting in the parking lot super slowly. And then there's this old guy who's fighting. Uh, but then they just keep cutting away to, so a sm- <laughs> to a small acrobat who just keeps backflipping like Mary Lou Retton. Yeah, he did like 12 backflips in a row like, to a so yeah, there's like between a sh- two rows of cars. There's a shot where he does like about three and I was like, okay, weird. And then he, and then like they show him doing it again where it's really a lot yeah. longer. And then the right after that, it cuts to like a shot of Christopher, La- Christopher Lambert looking like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, a, like a super gifable like, yeah. huh? Like audience reaction shot, well, basically. And, and as we've like as we've seen, it doesn't necessarily like if you're if you're a mortal or if you're a a, a Highlander. We're just gonna call them Highlanders. That's what it is. Mm. Uh, even though it's wrong in, in the context of the movie, uh, it doesn't give you like super strength or superpowers. Like he he went through his entire life not knowing that he was special, and so this guy was just an old dude who could backflip a lot. I guess. I thought he was. And like, if you're born this way, like, don't you just like age to maturity and then you're immortal like everyone else is i guess i mean oh, Sean yeah, Connery's right. old yeah, too. when do you age? when do you become <laughs> when do you become very, immortal it's very unclear did 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 clancy brown make him immortal by stabbing him yeah maybe you become immortal the first time you should have died oh yeah that maybe. makes sense I, I like that answer i do like that you answer. thought about this more than the people who made this movie uh, i love that i love that whole sequence where uh we flash back to the past for the first time and we learn uh, um, that apparently when you fight wars uh, in early Scot- Scotland, you just scream the name of your family house. That's right. <laughs> McLeod! McLeod! Krogan! Or whatever it yeah. was. Like. <laughs> McLeod! Krogan! Krogan, yeah. No, I don't think it's Krogan. No, it's that's, a, that's the massive But there's fact. this whole scene where he's like... First of all, I was like, if the whole movie is like this, I'm going to be like, what is going on? Because all yeah. these crazy shots of like, I don't know if it was a dream of him seeing the guy on the horse on right. the cliffside. But he's like, no one will fight me. Fight me. Someone fight me. And like the first guy comes up to him and is like, you can fight me. And he's like, okay. And then immediately gets stabbed. <laughs> well, because didn't he say like, save McLeod for me? Yeah. Yeah. He told all the other people they couldn't yeah. kill him. It was just so funny. He was so eager to fight someone, and then he just gets stabbed like he didn't even try. <laughs> I gotta say, overall, I found the fighting in this movie to be really bad. It was very bad. Like <laughs> all the stunt- of it was bad. I'm sorry, stunt people. I'm sure you did the best That's you could good. back then with the budget you had, but 
Wow. I mean, some also of those broadsword tra- fighting is kind of boring. Yes, that too. Yeah. But it was not good. Some no. of those training sequences, I mean, it looked like they're just like, let's put them on a cliff, uh, the real actors, and just let them let them go. <laughs> just like, yeah, like I don't know, we put our hands out this <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah, when they raise their arms, like yeah, yeah, it looks, it looks so like lame. it looks like they're at like like sword fighting for dads at like a Westin <laughs> in Hawaii. Like, <laughs> it's, it's so bad. Oh my god, this movie, you guys. <laughs> So uh <clears throat> takes us the movie starts in present day. We see Christopher Lambert. Uh Rain. and and he is uh yeah. <laughs> That's all I think of him as. He is uh <laughs> an antiques dealer, I guess. And he gets uh, arrested. Yeah. Any antiques dealer on Hudson would know that. <laughs> well they yeah, they find him <laughs> they link him to the scene of the other dude's death, right. basically. The parking structure incident. Yeah. And we have uh we have the police like commissioner guy Alan North who was uh uh not in the naked gun but he was all over a police squad. Oh yes. And I was like, "Oh man, yes." Yeah. Uh but he's being serious for the most part in this, but There's except, some... except for when he's making racist comments and jokes Ooh, yeah. or or gay panic. Yeah, yeah, or gay panic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not a lot of good not a lot of good stuff there. No. <laughs> 1986, bad, bad. Yeah, bad for 86. Yeah, it, it, when they said it, I was just like, what? Like, it came, it felt so out of nowhere, even for the 80s. Like, yeah, and it's like, know. Freddie Mercury is, like, singing on yeah, this well, movie. Yeah, well, just because it's not relevant at all to what's <laughs> right. happening, yeah. you know? Like, I, maybe I would expect to hear that in a video, or in a movie where there actually are gay right. people or something happening, but this is just so out of left field. I don't know. Uh, and then, yes, yeah, so then we're getting their flashbacks. The, the flashbacks are not triggered by anything. They're just like... It's kind of like, well, we need to cut away from this scene, so let's <laughs> there's a, there's the a <laughs> My favorite one, my favorite, one of my favorite ones is like, he, uh, Connor McLeod, McLeod is just like uh, polishing his sword. Oh, yes. In his apartment, and he just all of a sudden is like, like ha, ha, ha. he's like, wistful thinking, wistful thinking. <laughs> and then, like, it, the camera pans over to, like, his aquarium, and it goes into the aquarium, and then it's like uh, a fish, and then it, go, it goes up to the water level, and then it's like, oh, they're on a boat practicing balance. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads to the dumbest sequence in the movie. Yeah, where he's like, I don't like boats. I don't like water. <laughs> this is the kind of like insane stuff that's happening in the entire movie. I'm just like, why is he singing? Why is he singing? He's singing. It sounds like something that he just like, made up. Do re mi fa so <laughs> And then he just goes, <laughs> It sounds like a fucking Ron Burgundy yeah. style like warm up joke. How now, brown cow? <laughs> exactly. The human torch was denied a bank loan. <laughs> Balance. I, I want to go back, though, to the original, like, like uh, incident that caused this. When he, it's his first big battle, like you already said. But yeah. So his girlfriend is like, bring him back to me. And she, like, makes out with him. And then he goes. He almost dies. She's, like, weeping over yeah. his dead body. And then when he comes back to life, she's like, Satan, you know, like she immediately yeah. turns Hades against yeah. him. Devil. Like, and the um, the guy from Game of Thrones and Jorah Materials. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, he's there too. And 
the the girl I'll never forget this cousin Gregor. Yeah. <laughs> the girl Kate is actually cousin that, that actress um, cousin Dougal. Celia Emery who's like the um, annoying mom's friend in the Bridget Jones movie, <laughs> oh, the lady yeah. that makes the curry buffet oh, or whatever right, right, her right, and she's right. also the um the professor and the I kiss the teacher uh, Mamma Mia too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and her son is the uh, guy that plays Merlin in The Kid Who Would Be King or whatever. So, oh, okay. But, but yeah, I totally didn't recognize her. And then I was like, oh. But it's just so funny because she turns like so quickly. Like, she's like, oh, I'm so devastated. I'm in love with this guy. And then just like, devil yeah. worship. Yeah, like this is, <laughs> you know, like evil. And then just, like, she, she's crying so hard uh, in that part that the guys are like, Get out of here. We don't want his last, like, thoughts to be the sobs of a woman. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the fuck? And it's like, not only does she, like, reject him, she's the one leading the charge yeah, yeah, to, like, yeah. kill him. They, they make him a Christ figure and then, like, crucify him. It's really messed yeah. up. I'm like, wouldn't you think you'd be happy that he somehow is Yeah, alive? he's fine. It's not like he suddenly was, like, speaking in tongues and yeah. had black eyes or anything. Well, no, it was because, like, what happened to your Scottish accent? <laughs> I never had one. So he recovers from. I being... hate boats. <laughs> I don't like boats. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's like Tommy I'm, I'm Swiss. <laughs> he gets banished. He finds a different wife. They're making their life in some little castle thing. And yeah, I don't, did he? Did, uh, are we to believe that he built the castle himself? Oh, I have no idea. Uh, what that house that he had? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, maybe, because it fell apart so quickly in the... uh, (laughs) That's true. It it seems like there was explosives in the wall. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Seems like if you just pushed on... That lightning. Also, uh, okay, so we get to... Yeah, so, like, Sean Connery shows up and teaches him in the ways of Egyptian Spaniards, I guess. Yeah, we Uh, got to talk about the... We got to continue on with the boat scene. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) So this is one of the best parts of the movie. (laughs) So they just dump him in the water, and uh, McLeod is uh, afraid because he cannot swim. Yeah, and he's like, "Get out! No! Help! 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 Help me! I'm drowning! You can't drown, you fool! You're immortal!" <laughs> this is the best part. <laughs> More random singing. Wait. I'm alive. <laughs> okay, that's I I hadn't let oh, them play man. the whole thing because he's like You gotta go into like do 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 He's like, I'm alive. <laughs> yeah, he basically is in the Disneyland submarine ride. It doesn't make any sense, though, because as we said before, yes, they're immortal, but they still feel pain. They're not good at things. You know, he almost dies from that mortal wo- yeah. wound until he... So if you were to be immortal and go under the water and breathe it in, I believe that you would asphyxiate fully... And feel all of the pain, and yes. then you would have to be you revived. Know, eventually yeah. revived, and you would go to life right. or whatever, right? right. This scene, I would, I would say that the, <laughs> that Marvel Comics has addressed this. Yeah, in that Wolverine, who is basically immortal because he heals so fast, yes. his biggest fear is water. Yeah, because, because he, you can't, he can, you don't he heal would, from he it. would yeah. still drown. Yeah. Yes. 
This is so. This whole scene, I could not handle watching this, you guys, because it's like so goofy looking. Like, oh, he's, it's like, the worst. he's like uh, when Geppetto is like Pinocchio. <laughs> he's like <laughs> the bubble sound. He's okay? like touching like, his face, and then he goes. He, he goes. <laughs> and he like laughs underwater. And he's like looking around like mm, I'm underwater. And then he pulls out his sword and he's like I'm gonna cut you. I don't. He says something like you know, that. No, he like attacks the kelp. <laughs> yeah. And then he like it makes, looks so goofy. It, it, no, it looks like that he is I like, can't take like it's, it's a rehearsal for the original uh, creature from the Black Lagoon. And he is like the per- like, he doesn't have the suit on yet. And he's down there like blah, 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 blah. yeah yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, it's so good. And not so and, and not a high fantasy action movie from 1986. It's so goofy. Yeah. Wow. Oh man. So I guess he finds out from Sean Connery that uh there there can only be one and you can kill them <laughs> by beheading each other. And they all hang out at Burning Man. Yeah. <laughs> the gathering. <laughs> Gathering. The we never ga- really saw a gathering, though. They no, all play no Magic the Gathering. None of it makes sense. And they have a few other guys pop up to show that, like, yeah, you can be friends because they're the only people who understand you, but you also know that you kind of eventually have to kill each other. Yeah, and there's some vague, like, thing about, like, oh, whoever's last gets a prize of some sort. Yeah, the, the prize. The prize. Yeah. The knowledge of all mankind. They get to hear the song, Give Me the Prize by Queen. From <laughs> and like, wait, did, they, did they say this in the movie, or did I just read it, that you get the power to enslave all of humanity? No, they, they say it in the movie. Oh, they do. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. they. he says that he can hear everyone's thoughts or something. Well, that's no, after. I, I, yeah. no, they that Clancy Brown would use it to enslave all humanity. Uh, okay, okay. So, yeah, that, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, he would do that. Speaking of Clancy Brown, <laughs> Clancy Brown in this movie is a total hunk. No, I mean, <laughs> it's the youngest hey, I've ever seen him in a movie. It. I feel like, he's and crazy. and he's he's basically like drowning in the river of ham, chewing on all the scenery. Yeah, <laughs> running over all the pedestrians. He <laughs> thinks that he is in a Mad Max movie. Mm-hmm. He might be. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's, like, he's, like, he's, he's, in, uh, he's in the just, Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, just be Toe Cutter and, uh, and go for it. It's weird. There's a point in this movie where, like, we've seen him as, like, he looks like he's from uh, Army of Darkness when he's fighting in mm. the flashbacks. He looks like a demon. He's got lord. bone, bone yeah. armor. Yeah. And then uh, we see him, he's like a punk in New York in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, and he's introduced as like, he's putting his sword together, whatever it is. And then uh, some hooker comes in and she's like, my name's Candy. And he's like, of course you are. That was so weird. <laughs> okay, wait. Can we talk about... <laughs> and it's like, what? <laughs> Can we talk about his build-a-sword? Like, would yeah. that be good? <laughs> no. It would be terrible. <laughs> So. I was like, okay, cool, you could put it in a briefcase, yeah. but like, isn't it going to just like break apart? It's like the difference between the lightsaber you buy at Galaxy's Edge and the one you buy in Tomorrowland that yeah. can like, yeah. retract into itself. <laughs> yeah. how, how, uh, how strong are those connectors that you're putting together there? I don't know, I didn't... Of course you are. That was... This so he's, yeah, he's our main antagonist. He really wants to kill... All of the high... He's a psychopath. Yeah. All the quickeners. All the quickeners. I mean, his look was kind of cool Biz when quick. he got the, like... Uh, Nass quick. Sorry. <laughs> when he got the safety pin, like, neck thing. Yeah. That yeah. was pretty cool, but, yeah, I don't know. He's out of Did control. he always have it? He must have I always had it. he ha- did, or if he did, it didn't have but safety like, pins. No, because the cut was supposed to be from... Sean Connery? Sean Connery. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I guess so we should... Him and Sean Connery have, like... 
basically what I'm pretty sure the Game of Thrones people directly copied for the Clegane Bowl. It looked exactly <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. They're on the stairs and the walls are falling. Anyways, but um, Sean Connery kind of lamely loses to him. It yeah. didn't even like really look like it was like he tried that hard. But yeah. for some reason, he thinks it'll be better to tell Kurgan that Heather is his wife and not, right. why did he think that would be a better idea uh, oh so so yeah like back in the flashback to clarify where we are back in the flashback like it's after the training has happened and like we've seen like connor's training is complete and and i then, don't even know where connor no, was oh like, yeah why oh yeah wasn't like, he like, there? It's like it's like it's like now it cuts to like a random night at the castle and and uh <laughs> sean connery's telling a story about how he jumped in some girl's window and she wasn't there so he just hit on whatever girl was there <laughs> <laughs> and she's delighted by this story. <laughs> and then Krugan shows up out of nowhere, and he's like, where's the guy that I killed? Like, I want to kill him and not you, because I know you. Yeah. But I'll fight you. I don't know. Whatever. And then so they fight, and it's not clear where Connor is. At, like, he's, like, at, like, night church or something. He's <laughs> 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 at Vespers or something yeah, with yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> And so, so, and, and to go, to go even further on this, so they fight, the whole house explodes somehow. <laughs> like, there's like, the walls are being like, and like they go upstairs and downstairs. I, apparently, I don't know shit about sword fighting because Sean Connery has the high ground for most of this and it doesn't yeah, mean what anything. The hell? <laughs> he's just too old, yeah. I think. Even though he's immortal. I <laughs> I have the high ground. She should have looked. He should have looked at a deer first yeah. or something. Oh, by the way, the actress that plays Rachel is Ewan McGregor's aunt-in-law. Oh, oh Rachel. Oh, okay, Speaking we haven't even talked about ground. her yet. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, he's killed. Connor never shows up, and then we find out. Like, it's revealed later in the movie that Krugan raped his wife. Well, yeah, I thought that was sort of weird because. Like, he basically kills Sean Connery, and then she's, like, hiding, or she she's, like, coming up, and he's, like, not so... He's, I think well, he says, like, gotcha to, or something. To be fair, <laughs> the first away. thing that Sean Connery says is, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. And she stays there the and entire time. And screams like an idiot. Stupid. But anyways, yeah, I was kind of like, well, he's either going to rape her or kill her, right? But then later you see this whole, like, she gets old. Yeah. of this them growing old together. Montage is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the well, same actress with bad makeup. Because there's this whole... Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Because there's this whole thing about how, like, Sean Connery's like, oh, yeah, I've lived so many lives. Like, you got to just let this girl go because you can't have any kids. Yeah. And also, like, you're going to watch her die because you're yeah. immortal. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Connor, Connor McLeod's like, yeah, I should probably do that. Yeah. And then he, you know, Sean Connery <laughs> dies. He's like, oh, sweet. Now that this guy's dead, we can have this montage of her growing old. But it was the, the way they show it is so funny. He, like, comes home and he's like walking around outside the house like Heather <laughs> Heather and he comes up over the hill and she's like off in the distance yeah and she's like here I am and she's so far away that she kind of looks the same because yeah. through this whole montage you know she kind of looked the same right she's walking closer and she still kind of looks the same but as soon as she gets close it's like a really close up shot of her and it's just yeah really bad old person makeup, makeup. Yeah. like high school theater old and I was like makeup. oh fuck. she got old okay yeah that said I did think that this actress sold the relationship better than the two other girlfriends yes, in this movie for sure um, Heather and I, she, she's on pole dark now and I did not even recognize her like I knew I was like this looks so familiar to me and then I looked it up and she plays like the 
like a uh, heavy set spent like always drunk maid of Bulldark <laughs> and so it was kind of funny but yeah um even though the makeup was lacking I thought she kind of did a good job no it's just like no, it's just insane it like, like to answer the question like where the fuck was Connor yeah who knows like because like I, I, she killed his master raped his wife and then I like did he come back for like was he gone for weeks like what <laughs> happened no explanation. He's like, yeah. oh, like, like, oh, our house is gone. <laughs> well, and I mean, I guess it's like, <laughs> and like the house is built in the flashback. Did he rebuild it? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't, know. I, like, don't, know. I, don't I, it's, I don't know if it's to her credit or just sad that she didn't tell him what happened. Like, I mean, right. what can he really do? You know, at that point, but like. Uh, yeah, it's it is very sad when you when the reveal is given that um Kurgan's like basically implies and he realizes what happened or whatever and like it's, he's real gross about it too and I I didn't like that scene. I don't know. And it was in a church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well yeah, cuz part of part of the random rules oh, yeah. of this is that they can't attack each other on sacred ground. Sanctuary. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of what church? Right. PS. Yeah. Like, you know, Any they're church. mortal. Why do they even <laughs> give a crap about like a a, a Right. Yeah, an earthly, uh, yeah, you know, know, church organization. Presbyterians, anyway. probably. <laughs> <laughs> Only on the ground of the non-denominational <laughs> church. Tur- turns out... <laughs> <laughs> you know, the one yeah, with the uh, praise band. Uh, uh, <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, I was... <laughs> I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I was going to say something. Oh, did... Apparently, this movie was like edited when it originally was in the United States, but I think I must have watched like the director's cut or whatever oh, yeah. it was so, on Amazon. Yeah, this yeah. is a uh, this is something that we will encounter. I think with almost every single one of these. Okay, <laughs> where like the thre- there was a theatrical cut, uh, and that version is like almost never been the version that's released on video. So okay. this I this see. one is like the director's cut version that adds back in like. Um, that weird British flashback scene. <laughs> and like the scene. That is the best part of the movie. <laughs> Apparently the scene where uh, where he meets Rachel was not in the Yeah, theatrical which is cut. weird, yeah. yeah. And then also apparently um, Kurgan like randomly licking the priest or the oh, minister, yeah. which is super gross, but like yeah. And I there was like a yeah, there was a weird shot too, like when um McLeod first gets like stabbed and he's dying on the battlefield that was clearly from like a different source. Right. Where all of a sudden it was like super blurry. I was like, oh well. <laughs> there is a cut in this movie, I believe, when he becomes quickened, where it just cuts to a mannequin. <laughs> There's a mannequin's yes! head. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like an action figure yeah. or something. Yeah. What is the quickening? Can you explain? Like, because that one scene they make it's it an seem- album by the Vandals. The, the the scene on the beach they make it seem like He's just, he's going quicker. I think it's like they, they get more and more powerful so that they all get the urge to kill each other or the way, something. The way uh, that I've always interpreted this, and this has taken nothing from the movie, <laughs> is that is that there is a uh, descendant of immortal bloodlines, right? Yep. And that, that's out there in the world. And it's always out there and it's propagating whatever it is. And if you kill a, like a, a, a source of that bloodline, then you gain its power. Hmm. And so that there is some people that are like, you know, let's we can be immortals. We can do a lot of good. And they're not trying to hunt each other down, but they always have to be on the defense because someone's always going to try to come and get their power. Yeah, I mean, they do seem like they're like Dragon Ball Z powering up every right. time they yeah, kill somebody. Yeah, but nobody can kids. <laughs> well, that's true. that's true. Not until the end of the movie where he's like, no, you can. 
Oh, yeah, but then he's not immortal anymore, right? No, I think he is. Oh, he's still immortal? I, yeah. I think so. Ah, shit. All he's right. just the strongest one. No, no, and then, you know, he just said he was just like, he was just like, oh, you weren't ready yet. And it's like, well, fuck you. <laughs> like, huh? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Sean Connery, like, what year was Dragonheart compared to this? Uh, so let's see. This was 1986. Oh, probably was almost after. ten year, almost ten years. 10 yeah, years Dragonheart was 96. Because, yeah, 96. Yeah, Sean Connery's just cashing those damn checks, being yeah. like, "Yeah, I'm here. Uh, I'm I'm wise, and uh, yeah, I trained you. Bye." You know. Like, well, this yeah. is before he did fucking like Last Crusade. Yeah, I actually looked like when they went to that flashback in Scotland. I looked to see if it was the same. I was like, "Oh, is that the same yeah, castle?" It really similar. Yeah, but it is not. There's probably one of those or a dime a dozen over there. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <sighs> that would have been really funny if it was the same. Well, I, we haven't said anything about his romantic interest for this movie, which is something that uh, I, one thing that I will say that they did well it with this. Really. Yeah, one thing, one thing. Oh, I was is like, that, I thought it that, comes out of nowhere. <laughs> no, it does. Uh, she's a, a, a police forensic scientist, and she's also a big nerd. Mm-hmm. She's an expert in metallurgy. <laughs> yeah. And, like, swords. In ancient swords. This metal Brenda. was folded over 20 <laughs> times. <laughs> yeah, they didn't start doing that until this other year. It'd be like, I did appreciate the analogy. It'd be like, that'd be like finding evidence of a Boeing 737 before the Wright, brother, Wright brothers even took flight. Yeah. Oh, I don't even remember that. Yeah. I like oh, when he man. shows up with the her book like wrapped up, and she's like, "What? How'd you find this?" Because <laughs> like, like she's trying to like like do like a sting operation yeah. where she's lying to him. It doesn't make any sense. That scene when he's going around her apartment, like, "Wow, great view! <laughs> <laughs> Lovely she- music you got here." <laughs> and he sees the recorder. <laughs> she's got the so plot scary. of every like female professional that isn't respected yeah. by her male colleagues I'm like i'm gonna go off the books and conduct this investigation on my own i do love the moment when she uh pulls a fast one on the on the uh commissioner where she's like oh i left my purse i have to go get yeah. back in the yeah. room and get my purse and she uses him to be like he, he you know he obviously is like oh sure girl girl, girl stuff okay yeah. <laughs> and she like goes through here sorry yeah, i need files. a tampon i'm <laughs> yeah, bleeding yeah. out my vagina just, yeah, right now yeah. i like that moment that she she totally tricked him yeah out. it was right yeah. after uh the cop said he didn't want to deal with a case about a guy whose vietnamese neighbor ate his dog yeah, that's right oh, yeah. yep <laughs> <laughs> terrible Oh yeah. Also, the where this Japanese sword came from is because the Egyptian, Spanish, Scottish Sean Connery was in love with a Japanese princess at some point. Shocker. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, we'll get to see that story. <laughs> uh, it's called The Last Samurai. You yeah. can rent it. <laughs> Tommy Cruise. Tom Cruise is the last Jedi. <laughs> um. Yeah, so he falls in love real quick, apparently, with the... You know, cause, uh, his, his, because his interests are swords, I guess. And so he's in love he's with like, her. He's like, let me show you this special sword, sword. I've got in my pants. <laughs> it's Ew. immortal. Hey, it's you over... kind of look like my past two girlfriends. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's over 1,700 years it's old. old. <laughs> it's been lurking around for over 1,700 years. Okay, this. Yeah, okay, you were, you were watching this on the train, right? I was. So this is another moment in the movie where I was watching it by myself this morning, uh-huh. <laughs> and laughed out loud because uh-huh. of the insanity. There's lots of crazy like uh, transition moments in this movie. Yes, but this one in particular I thought was great. There's this really emotional 
love scene going on with lots of lots of butts. <laughs> Butts popping off. Lots of uh, silhouetted nipples. Yeah. There's a chance that I missed this transition because I might have done the skip, skip forward 10 seconds. And uh, <laughs> smart. So, like, they're in the middle of this, like, really passionate love scene, and there's this music, and here's what happens, like, <laughs> right here. Oh, they love each other. They're kissing. Butts. So many butts. Lions! There's lions, and they're at the zoo all of a sudden. <laughs> I, I was. <laughs> it's like the scene does not end. It's just I all was, of a sudden like I was cut to lions. I was very confused. <laughs> I was just like, skip ahead ten seconds, skip ahead ten seconds, and then I was like, did I skip too far? It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those moments where we're like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! Did my internet just cut out for a second? Like. How did they, what? Now they're at the zoo? It's a metaphor, Justin. But the lions weren't having sex. I know it's like a lion <laughs> roaring, but it sounds like a comedic timpani <laughs> yeah. or something. No, it like, sounds like a boy whirl. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like they were like, well, we didn't film an end of the scene, so let's just interrupt it with loud noises. <laughs> oh, and God. Lions. The end of the scene is you fall asleep. I don't mean, <laughs> know. How hard is that? Like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> no, that, w- that would require him to show affection. Oh, yeah, Um. I love that. And then what's like? Yeah, they're they're at the zoo and they're saying like, "This can't be a thing." They have some plan. Yeah, I don't remember. Thankfully, she is pretty uh, modern, independent woman, and she's just kind of like, "All right, well, you know, don't get yourself killed. See ya. Thanks for the memories." <laughs> like, okay, but obviously, she gets dragged back into it. But yeah, yeah, because Gold Krugeron kidnaps her. Yeah, and we get another. There's another. Uh, Immortal guy involved briefly. Oh right, and, and then there and then there's like a marine. prepper, yeah, guy. There's like one black immortal guy just to like prove that there is one, right? Yeah, yeah. He's cool. Yeah, I, I want to spend like, like I'd watch his movie. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That scene was weird with the with the the guy with the gun. Yes, I just that was strange. No, he's like a yeah, Vietnam vet. Hey, guy. what's going on over here? So the the <laughs> the the uh, uh, Highlander of color. Mm-hmm. Um, that is uh, Captain Panaka from episode one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's actually a lot of Star Wars people in this movie. Yeah, like a, like a bunch of like like the Tuscan Raiders oh, and like oh, a bunch oh. of like weird like. Sure. His name was uh, in the movie is uh, Sunda Casta Castagir. Yeah, he has a cool like scimitar. Yeah, like sword. Like mm-hmm. it's like it's like oh like I'm way more interested in whatever this guy's story is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he unfortunately gets killed. Yeah, like well, kind yeah, of there like, can only be one. Yeah, kind of like, but like, why? Like, why? Like, uh, why? Yeah, there can be only one. There can be we also, only. We fun. talked briefly about Rachel, but Rachel is his uh, long-suffering secretary, assistant, daughter, oh. slash maybe girlfriend, slash mother-like figure. Figure. I don't weird. know. He protected her during the during World War II. Which gives the? Did you ha, do you have a clip of this? I don't. I, I do. I do like it when he shoots the Nazi. That was yeah. Hilarious. There's a point where he shoots the Nazi. He's like, "Whatever you say, Jack. You're the master race." But he, <laughs> sa- <laughs> but he <laughs> says it in a, in a German accent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was it? I, I thought he, he Swiss. was saying it in an American accent. Yes. <laughs> I did not. The accents are just everywhere. But anyways, he saves her. Uh, she's like a little kid. Um, oh yeah, the little kid version of. Rachel is 
Nicola Ramsey, child star chicken. Um, she is now the publisher and head of editorial of Islamic and Middle Eastern Studies at Edinburgh University Press. Hmm. Nice. So she she really got into the antiquities, I guess, or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um we want to get to the big uh, final confrontation. He is immortal. Yeah, we got to say, too. Yeah, I, okay. Infused with the blood of kings. <laughs> this is what I, I was like, how in the world is Queen involved in this movie? <laughs> so my girlfriend uh, was singing the song. She can sing the song from, like, heart. She's like, I want to say it's Queen. And I was like, there is no way that it's Queen. <laughs> it's all Queen. And I was incredibly wrong. Boy, are you wrong. <laughs> I mean, if you have to have a ridiculous soundtrack, why not oh. be Queen? It's pretty good. This is This is my favorite so I was like on the Wikipedia trying to figure out like how the fuck did Queen get involved in this, and my favorite uh, <laughs> news tidbit, which I don't know if it's real or what, but it's hilarious to think of. It says Brian May was inspired to write "Who Wants to Live Forever" after watching the love scenes between Connor and his wife Heather, which is song ultimately accompanied in the film. <laughs> hey. Hey. So you're saying he was like, yeah, yeah. The, these love scenes are really getting me going. <laughs> I'm gonna write a I'm gonna write a bad song about it. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> what you like the song? No, Who I wants don't to live like forever? them. Yeah, uh, it kind of reminds me of all like if they make this now, they can just like make it with uh, Fallout Boy and just put in those songs from Big Hero Six. Oh yeah, yeah. The Princes of the Universe song is kind of fun. You know, it's like a cheesy Flash Gordon type song. Yeah, with the Princes of, of the, the Universe. universe. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like. I mean, you know, I thought, oh, it's just this one song, but no, it's like throughout the entire movie. Yeah, yes. Whew. Uh, it's because the uh, director did a bunch of Queen music videos. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so we get to this big final confrontation. Which originally was supposed to be on the Statue of Liberty. Oh. Then it was supposed to be in the Empire State Building. Mm. Then it was supposed to be an amusement park. And then they just settled for some sign. <laughs> yeah, what does the sign even say? Silver Cup. Oh, that's right. And like the warehouse from Flashdance or something. Right. <laughs> Where they like, uh, you know, yeah, Ghostbusters came out in uh, 84. <laughs> yeah. Where they like, well, we can't do the Statue of Liberty yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's kind of just like a. They fight. It's kind of boring. Fight, yeah. And it looks like he's losing. He loses his sword, but then he has. There's that hilarious moment where like. Uh, <laughs> Clancy, Clancy, no, Clancy Brown is like standing on the ground and like spinning, like yeah, and like cutting all of the like <laughs> yeah. all of the uh, base of the sign. But he's doing like a little ballerina twirl as he does it every time. Weird, weird stuff. Yeah. By the way, when he wanted to prove to uh, what's her face, not Rachel, Brenda, that he was immortal, instead of like forcing her to stab him, he if. Even though I said the water thing was not consistent, wouldn't you do that rather than force her to like traumatically well, stab you? Especially if it seems like the the wounds carry over. But like, did she, did he force her to do it, or did she just do it? No, no, he like grabbed her arm and like uh, stabbed himself with it. Okay. Ugh. Look, I'm immortal. Look, I'm immortal. Oops, look, I look, forgot. Look at I me, can, still I can eat pain. all. I can eat all the egg salad I want. Cholesterol isn't shit to me. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been better. Yeah. Mm. Um, it all leads to him finally defeating, uh, Krugen and with, with some of Rachel's help, she hits him with the pipe and he's like, what took you so long? 
What took you? Where were you? Yeah, Where yeah. were you? What took you so long? Yeah, he does <laughs> say some. He, he, I no, don't that's what he says. Yeah, I don't understand his character because he is like joking around the entire movie. I'm yeah. like, is he supposed to be like a doofus or what? <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it leads to this like really crazy uh, ending sequence where like he is the only one, yeah. and then suddenly out of nowhere, there's this insane like animated. Sequence. There's like demons, and they're like barfing skulls into him. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's, it's almost like a night on Bald Mountain, like. Ghosts flying around him, you know? I was just like, what the? Where is this coming from all of a sudden? And he's like floating up in a cyclone. And it makes it it seem like this power is bad. Like maybe his wife was right. Yeah, it looks like a lot of evil shit is going on. Pretty much. I don't know. Uh, But I I was just like, whoa, this is out of nowhere because all the effects in the rest of the movie have been pretty bad. But it turns out that... Even if you take on all the world's evil, if you just put on a nice white sweater vest and have a take, have a little picnic on the Irish seaside, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's revealed that the prize is actually that you can just hear everyone's thoughts, <laughs> right? And control their mind that way. This was this was this was the prequel thing. This was the prequel to have what women want. <laughs> so yeah, basically, you find out that like the power, you know, if it had been in Kirkland's hands, yeah, he would have used it to enslave humanity. But in this guy's hands, he's just kind of like, okay, cool. I'm just gonna live my own life. He says he has the ability to like garner world peace and like you know scientific discovery, <laughs> but it doesn't seem like he's planning to actually do anything with that. He just wants to have sex with Brenda, right? Yeah, until she gets old and dies, <laughs> and he'll just find another one. But then he he does have Force Ghost buddy Sean Connery being like, like, hey, Connor, like, <laughs> good, good work. I couldn't tell you everything, but there's more to learn. I'm Spanish. I mean, yeah, and it's unclear. <laughs> Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. <laughs> I mean, they, like, what? They say, I, I would like to meet and give a medal to the dialect coach. <laughs> you tried your best. You tried your best, sir. I'm so, sorry. Your best. No, he's Winter probably get out of my way, you Spanish peacock. He's probably just a random Spanish guy, like the Cinderella story mom that just picked up a random Indian guy and made her yeah. guru. They probably just saw, oh, you're you speak Spanish, you're from Spain, like yeah. you're a dialect coach, right? And he was like, uh, see, sí. you know. <laughs> uh. I love thinking. Yeah, he's gonna just like walk off into the sunset and. Uh, yeah, be with uh, Brenda till she gets old, and then you know he'll have a repeat of that earlier scene when he's telling Rachel like, "It's time for Russell Nash to die." <laughs> also, like, Russell Nash clear. dies today. Is that just it? Like, I mean, it, it was four centuries that we saw him specifically, but like, it, it, are more going to be born, and then there's going to be another quickening and another whatever. Uh, yeah, maybe. I think we're gonna find out. <sighs> I love that he. I, I love the explanation. They go through that whole explanation about how like. He's taking the names of babies who died when they were right. really young. <laughs> like, Jesus. Like, yeah. This guy has been planning this out his whole life. Um, yeah, but that's basically the end of the movie. Yeah. It, it goes out on another queen, queen track. How many boat songs would you give? Balance. B-A-L-A-N-C-E. I mean, I think we just got to hear it again. B-A-L-A-N-C-E. 
I don't like boats. I don't, I don't like, water. like boats. Oh my I don't like boats. I don't like boats. I'm Scottish. Get me away from boats. boats. It's just so I am Scottish. You have Sean Connery, who is Scottish, playing a Spanish guy and trying to give him a Spain or Catalan accent. And then you have this guy from Switzerland that you're forcing to act Scottish, but also American. A Scottish guy in disguise as an American who's really Swiss. Like, why? You know? Like, God, this is why we should have, uh, you know, authentic casting. Why? Balance. Balance. So wait, how many boat songs? You um, how many boat songs? Or, I mean, we could say botched accents. Say how many botched accents? accents yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go and uh, I'm going to give this three. <laughs> that is, I'm going to give it one, two, three. <laughs> you got to do like a funny accent. <laughs> botched accents. <laughs> That's actually less than appear in the movie. That's true. <laughs> Um, I, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I, I don't know. I kind of, <laughs> I had a lot of fun watching this movie cause it, I thought it was dumb. Um, <laughs> and I kind of I came away being like, wait, are there people that like this movie? Like unironically? Like, there has to be. I, I mean, I guess there are. Yeah. But to me, I was like, how can you not watch this? And I Think guess maybe people bad. love it because it's so bad. Maybe. Um, uh, yeah. I just thought it was really bad and Honestly, yeah, like I said, like a, a room style level of bad, yeah. where, where the line reading is just like, huh? Why? The, why do you say that? Why do you say like, of course you are? You know, like stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. Why? Why? <laughs> why is Why are. is Sean Connery singing at this moment? Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess you know it. Uh, it came out at a time. Uh, I don't think it did very well, actually. No, it but, didn't. Yeah, but I think it kind of garnered a cult following just cause probably because of the insanity of it. Yeah. And like you said, the, uh, the story behind it. And, uh, then it was by, uh, you know, the Canon film group that did, yep. uh, missing in action oh, or whatever. And you know that they're just going to make another one. So. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so there's more. Um, but yeah, I'm going to give it three bulged excellence. <clears throat> uh, I'm sorry. That was a botched accent. I'm going to give it two botched accents uh, because, I mean, it's real bad, like you said. But you, Tyler said it right at the top. Like, somehow the nugget of the idea yeah. is like, oh, that's a cool idea. Yeah. But it's just such bad execution. But you're kind of like, you know, the fact that we even want to ask those questions about, okay, like, well, right. what happens next? Is he immortal? Can he have kids? Well, you know, like, that it just shows that it's, like, a really interesting idea. Yeah. And I thought for sure, like, oh, this has got to be based on, like, a book series or something. And it was just some screenwriting student <laughs> from UCLA that yep. came up with a random idea as his class project and then sold it for, like, you know, however much. And Lucky. it just went from there. So it just... Um, Something about like that idea was really fascinating to people and made it into a however more many movies we're gonna watch series, but this one and like is five episodes, real, five real seasons bad. of television, and this whole thing like I feel like could have been so improved, honestly, just by better fighting. Better yes, fight oh no, I, no, like that's the thing that you thought that it was gonna be. It's like I thought that there would be action, yeah, like, cool like, the, like, action. The, like the action beats would be fun at least, or there would be something. Cool. Yeah, well, that's one thing that you can say about Chuck Norris and yeah. you know whatever and Rambo or whoever. You know, like at least the fighting, you're like, right. well, okay, yeah, you know, like I'm here for this, but. This is just kind of real bad. Uh, I am going to give it two uh, <laughs> botched accents. Uh, I think that this movie 
is barely a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that that Christopher Lambert is uh, Tommy Wiseau very much. Yeah. And uh, although I'm going to bump it up one more point just for the fucking balls to be like, Sean Connery is Spanish <laughs> and you're going to fucking deal with it. <laughs> We're going to dress him up like he's Spanish. He's going to run around and say things like he's Spanish and fuck you. Also, act like you're in love with each other for this entire montage. <laughs> Maybe you'll kiss at the end. Oh, also montage. like four female characters. No Bechdel test. Fail. Yeah, no, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. They're all like, "Help me, Kana! Save me, Kana!" Is that including Candy or no? no, no, no. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. Oh, uh, yeah. So, uh, predictions for would we have a what's the title of the next movie? The next one's called Highlander Two: The Quickening. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I feel like it gets over. I, I hope that it. Feels like it moves by quicker. <laughs> the, the, the very tiny amount I've seen about this movie, I think we are in for quite the treat. I'm going to guess that it doesn't even go forward and that it's like more stuff that we didn't see from this initial quickening that already happened. Yeah. Well, That's I, my guess. It's just like more flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> That would, yeah, I mean. It's like, here's a different scene with her at the castle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Heather, They're going to be making, Heather, gonna be making out you? on a different rock. Yeah, this time. And Sean Connery's going to be telling a different filthy story. I mean, yeah, because the movie kind of ended, like, you know, at the end. Yeah, they, they had he had a white sweater on. They had some wine. They were having a picnic. Maybe he'll have a kid in this one. Oh, maybe. Uh, it's kind of interesting too to think about that we're kind of like about to deal with the same sort of thing with Wonder Woman of like oh she's immortal she's popping up in different time periods of history like now she's in 84 so it'll be interesting to see how that works and which characters were killed come back in this one yeah (laughs) Sean Connery hopefully (laughs) (laughs) oh god well uh, man that's gonna be next week I can't wait actually um, because if this first movie is any indication, it's going to get crazy. Yes. We're only on movie one of five. Oh, boy. What what have we done? What have we done? Um, but, hey, we slagged off this movie a lot today. Um, but, hey, maybe you love this movie. Maybe you want to tell us why we're so wrong. I would honestly love to know why. Yes. Like, please tell us. Please Write in and well, tell us. I think it's one of those things where, like, looking back, I mean, we're we're almost 30 years removed from this movie at this yeah. point. Like, like, getting close to that. And it's like, you know, watching it when you're seven, like, oh, I imagine yeah. it could be completely different. I'm so, sure like, if I'd you love- guys saw it when you were, like, adolescents, you would love it, like, the way that you guys like the first two bad boys. And I was like, what the yeah. hell? You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're right, yeah. you're right. No, Good I think, abs- I think absolutely. Point. And I, I think that the thing that I would like to hear from everybody, uh, either put it in a five-star review for us or tweet at us, uh, we're not going to be able to cover all of the Highlander TV show episodes in this. Mm. But oh, no. I know that there's going to be a lot of viewers out there who watch the show. If there's a particular crazy episode or something that you remember from the TV show, mm-hmm. let us know. We'll try to find that episode. Maybe that's one of them we'll include in our, sure. our little review if we're talking about. Actually, I don't even know if we're talking about TV shows. There's but. three different shows. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll we figure it out at we, some point. We want to do Highlander the rest of the year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depends how many downloads we get. Oh, B-A-L-A-N-C-E. Download now. Yeah. Balance. Balance. 
Anyways, yeah, email us. Sequel rights. <laughs> yeah, anyways. Sequel yeah. rights at gmail.com, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sequel Rights. All right. It's time now for our interview with author Jonathan Melville about his upcoming book on the making of Highlander. Hope you enjoy. I'm happy to be talking with Jonathan Melville, the author of the unofficial Tremors Guide, and we talked to him before when we were doing that series, and coincidentally, he's also working on a book about Highlander, Um, so we're excited to hear his thoughts on that. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for talking to us. Oh, not a problem. Thanks for getting in touch. Good to to chat to you again. Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, I know that you're still working on the Highlander book. Are you focusing specifically on this first movie? Yeah, just just the first one mainly. Yeah, I've got so far I've written about I don't know maybe fifteen chapters I think on on that first uh, film and uh, got into quite a lot of detail. So I just think to try and then cover all the other ones in as much detail would just not not happen and wouldn't. wouldn't um, you know, just I don't have the time really, but but also, you know, the first one is my favorite one, so I don't want to be writing about something I don't really enjoy. <laughs> it needs to be something that you have a real passion for, and I think the first film is one that I can just watch again and again. Whereas the sequels, not so much. Okay, um, so we actually haven't watched any of the sequels yet, so <laughs> okay. uh, you can talk about it, but don't spoil it for me. Okay. Right. <laughs> Yeah. So what made you like, so how did you first uh, become familiar with this series and what made you want to write about it? Well, I think, um, although I I live in Scotland, I live in Edinburgh uh, in Scotland, the capital of Scotland. Um, When the film came out, when Highlander came out, I was 10 Mm-hmm. And I was living in the Highlands of Scotland, bizarrely, um, quite sort of north of Inverness in Scotland. So it's quite far north. Um, but we didn't have a, a cinema near us in this little village that I lived in. Uh, and so at the age of 10, you know, I wasn't particularly up in my, and this was in 19, as I say, 1986. So at this point, of course, we didn't have the internet and we didn't have too many ways of finding out about films that were maybe kind of culty because Highlander was never never exactly you know a mainstream film of course it's a science fiction slash fantasy romantic time travel type film so uh, so anyway I wasn't so basically I wasn't that aware of it when it came out and uh, and I didn't see it although we had a, a local video store I don't ever remember seeing it in there and I and I don't remember any friends talking about it so it was just kind of it, it came out and, and then maybe i heard about it vaguely at some point but but didn't know too much so when i really got to know it was a few years later would have been maybe i think about 1994 so a few years later when i came to university in edinburgh and uh, there was a double bill a midnight double bill of highlander and the crow uh yeah. which i went along to and um and that's where i discovered two fantastic films but in particular highlander which i just remember uh really loving and just thinking this is i wish i'd heard about this sooner i wish i'd discovered it sooner i wish i'd bought the video so i was kind of a late late comer to highlander 
bizarrely, even though I live in Scotland and I did live in the Highlands. So. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah, like people in Scotland do know about this movie or they don't. Like, what do you think the consensus is? They do. Maybe I, maybe I was in the minority. I'm not sure. But certainly it's a very well, I think it's a pretty well-known film here. Um, a lot of people, I'm sure you talked about in your chat about the accent. I don't <laughs> yes. Know. Yeah, so uh, everyone says it when they talk about Highlander. Of course, you've got a Scotsman playing uh, a Spaniard, and you've got um, uh, um, French American actor playing a uh, Scotsman. So this this bizarre thing going on with accents, and um, and I think that has become that is a, a bit like Mel Gibson's accent in Braveheart. Mm. it's just kind of a common thing i think before people talk about the film they talk about um the accents so i think that's kind of one way they've become or it's become a, a famous film and well known here but no people do know it and i think people are like it we have an affectionate you know uh, connection to it where people enjoy the fact that it's crazy and just this mad fantasy film that took place and, and was full filmed in our in our country um and because scotland is quite quite a small country we don't really have a film industry as such we've never really had we don't have a film studio we've got bbc scotland which is based here and and stv which is scottish television and they're based in glasgow uh, and we have a few other offices of the bbc around but scotland doesn't have really a film industry so I think anything that is filmed here and set here, we kind of uh, take to our hearts a little bit more than others, because it's it's although it's not Scottish, it kind of is Scottish, and we can kind of claim it as our own. So, um, yeah. So I think people generally are quite, as I say, uh, have a have a sort of fondness for this film, even if we realise that it's just com- completely crazy and, <laughs> you know, okay. just a mad a mad film. Yeah. So um, what made you want to do the book on it and how's it been going so far? Like, what have you found out? What made me want to do it? Well, um, I suppose when when I wrote the Tremors book, I was looking around. That happened for various reasons, partly because I was looking to write a book. I I wanted to try writing a book, Mm -hmm. partly because I love Tremors and, and its sequels. And I wanted to... I wanted to know, to know more about those films and nobody else has written a book on them. So I thought, well, that's perfect. I'll write that book myself. Um, and with Highlander, it's a similar sort of situation in that I was, I was sort of thinking about writing another book, but the Tremors book came out in 2015 and, uh, and I was trying to take a break from it and, and thinking, you know, I've, I'm kind of tired after a few years of, of late nights and early mornings and, weekend spent writing this book maybe i could take some time off so that came out in 2015 and then in 2016 uh i i was having this idea of maybe trying something on highlander and at the same time roughly the same time um it was announced that we have an edinburgh international film festival which has been running for something like 80 80 years i think or 75 years or something like that so it's been going on Mm -hmm. for a long time and uh they had they announced in sort of the spring, early summer, that they were going to be inviting Clancy Brown to the festival for a 30th anniversary screening of Highlander. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so at that point, I think I'd actually emailed his agent not long before that. 
and I hadn't heard anything. And the same with Christopher Lambert and Sean Connery. And so when I heard that Clancy was coming to town, I thought, well, Clancy doesn't do many interviews on Highlander. He kind of distanced himself from from the franchise many years ago. (laughs) So I thought if I could get an interview with, with him, then that would be almost worth starting this project properly. Uh, and I got the interview. So I spoke to him a couple of times. I spoke to him uh, in the in the sort of queue, in the, the sort of video, what am I trying to say, the sort of press section outside mm-hmm. the, 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 the cinema when they were about to show Highlander. So I spoke yeah. to him there and then managed to get 20 minutes with him later on. So, so I had this nice little interview with him being quite honest about his time on this film and, and, and why he didn't want to come back and do others. And, uh, and it kind of just snowballed from there really. So that was what 2016 and now we're in 2020 and I must have about 50, Oh, I don't know, 55, 56 interviews, something like that. Wow. Um, and that's just on the one film okay. with, the Chem- with the chambers book. I covered four films and a TV series and I interviewed about 55 people. So I, th- I think I've, and I keep meaning to stop and I keep thinking, okay, I've got the interviews now, that's fine. And then something will happen and, and I'll see another name or someone appears on Twitter, you know, one of the the cast or crew and yeah. I end up sort of maybe thinking, oh, maybe I could just interview them or I could reach out to them. And then they say, they say yes. And then it's like, okay, there's another interview. So um, I'm, try- I'm trying to stop, although I did do another interview the other week by accident <laughs> sort of thing. And um and another one might happen soon. So, yeah, sort of finished with interviews. But Okay. What yeah. are some of the um, big people that you've gotten to interview as far as, are they actors or mostly craftspeople? What? Um, well, I would say most of the people are behind the scenes. But mm-hmm. I have spoken to, uh, as well as Clancy, I spoke to Christopher Lambert. Wow. Um, spoke to him for about an hour and a half on the wow. phone. Um, he phoned me up. We managed to swap numbers through his agent or his PR people. And um, he was meant to phone on a Saturday and he didn't phone. And I thought, oh, well, that's that's that. And then on a Sunday afternoon, I was sitting on the couch and I saw on my phone, there was a call from France and that was him. Uh, and he was such a nice guy and he was happy to talk and talk and talk. Um, and I spoke to Russell Mulcahy. Uh, who was the first time I caught him? He was in a, he was in Africa, I think. Mm. He was in a car in Africa. He'd been filming something, and then it took another year to actually get a proper interview with him. So I was chasing him for a while, and um, I spoke to Hugh Quarshy, who played Castigier on the the bridge. Remember the 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 boom boom scene where he takes out the yes. the drink? Yeah. So I spoke to him. Uh, and BT Edney, I spoke to briefly, and Roxanne Hart, of course, I spoke to her, went down to Birmingham. She was at an event in Birmingham. Um, and also people like the writers. So I spoke to the two guys who rewrote the original script, uh, mm-hmm. Peter Bellwood and Larry Ferguson. I managed to track them both down and did a joint call with them. So we spoke for about an hour, an hour and a half about writing that script and their their view on the world of Highlander. I don't know if you if you read any of the scripts before you did before you watched the film, uh, but the original f- script by Gregory Wyden is quite uh, quite different to the final script, and there's quite a lot. It's quite a lot darker. So uh, these guys 
Bellwood and Ferguson really lightened the tone quite a bit and just made it a bit more fun and added humour to it. Um, so it was really nice to speak to them about their approach. And also just, uh, I spoke to the, the chap who did the, the storyboards for the film, who had come over from Canada, was looking for a job and ended up working on the film. And he talked about meeting Sean Connery while he was doing his his um, his storyboards and Sean Connery just being this old guy in a, in a raincoat and he didn't even recognise it was Sean Connery until he'd gone away. Um, and yeah, so just lots of different people, stuntmen and, and people who were building sets and the makeup lady who won an Oscar for Braveheart, I think, and okay. also the chap who did the costumes, Jim Aitchison, spoke to him. So, you know, quite a lot of different people, quite a lot of different views and different takes on the film, different people, people who are in different countries. I spoke to a chap who was the double, the stand-in for Christopher Lambert in Scotland. So I actually spoke to him for quite a long time about what it was like filming in the, in the Highlands and his, you know, what it was like living in Fort William which is this little town in the Highlands. He was living there during the filming, and and people who were in the who were doing in the battle sequences. Anyway, I could go on and on, but I spoke to lots of different. Sure. People. <laughs> awesome! That's yeah. so cool. Um, I mean, I know you want to save it for your book, of course, but is there one kind of fun fact or story that uh, you would be willing to share at this point? Um, well, there's lots of little facts. I think there's lots of things that I've uncovered that people will just not have heard before things down to there's a scene where mcleod comes out of the loch and he's because ramirez has pushed him into the water and Mm -hmm. he he drowns but he doesn't drown so i spoke to when he comes out of the water he some fish fall out of his kilt and i spoke to one of the people who was who got those fish so he had to go off with his brother in a boat around the local um, kind of little ports and little sort of uh, jetties and things around that area trying to buy fish from people and how yeah. the people, the locals realised that they could make quite a bit of money off this film so they weren't willing to sell them five fish they had to <laughs> buy like a hundred fish so, oh my god uh, so I mean little things like that but right up to I think that what's been really fascinating and it doesn't sound very exciting but it's it's been quite a it's been quite, it's been quite interesting I'm trying to make it sound interesting in the book Book, there's a risk that it won't because it's about the business side of the film and how okay. it was made it was funded it stopped me if it gets too boring but basically it was funded by it, it's a british film which i didn't realize until i started uh started researching because on the film certainly in the uk the blu-ray that we have here has um canon films on it has their logo yeah uh, and um but it was never made by canon canon the company that made the film was called Thorn EMI, which was a huge British film uh, company, filmmaker and distributor. Okay. But but there's a, there's this whole story about how when Thorn gave all the money to the filmmakers, the company was basically falling apart behind the scenes. So as the filmmakers are off making this this making Highlander around around the world, you know, in Scotland and England and in America. The company's falling apart and they're trying to sell it. And so there's this whole story about how Canon Films came into it and how I spoke to one of the marketing team 
who worked at Canon, uh, sorry, worked at Thorn EMI. And mm-hmm. he talks about how he had all these great plans for the premiere of the film and how they wanted to do something with Queen and maybe do a big tour with the A Kind of Magic album and have Queen playing with sets from the film in the background and things like that. Yeah. And he talks about how just one day he came into work and was called into the, the canteen and him and all his colleagues were told that Canon had bought the company and that everything was going to change. And, and, and that's kind of, so that's really why Highlander, I don't know if you talked about the fact that Highlander wasn't a huge success at the box office, but that the reasons for that really come back to no marketing and, mm. uh, and the deal that was done behind the scenes in America as well with 20th Century Fox. Uh, so there's some stories about that which I haven't read anywhere else, which I've I've found, um, which again, as I say, it doesn't sound the most exciting thing talking about a film studio's finances, but I think it's quite interesting if you want to understand why Highlander didn't become this massive success. I think you've got to look a little bit more at the details of what was happening behind the scenes. Sure, um, definitely. So anyway, so that's something I've I've been quite interested in, and and other things are just little stories, I suppose about. Um, maybe what it was like. Uh, so when they were filming, little things. There's lots of little stories. I mean, one of them is just a, which maybe doesn't sound very exciting, but about the the makeup lady Lois mm-hmm. Lois Burnell is her name. Talks about being in London when they were filming the scene between Castigier and the Kurg- uh, the Kurgan when they're fighting in in a London in a New York street, mm-hmm. uh, but they were filming it in London. And she just talks about how her and her colleague were just sort of standing there in the, beside the makeup, and uh, and someone came along, just just a totally different. They'd already done some makeup on a on a double for the Kurgan, mm-hmm. and then suddenly this other guy turned up, and they just weren't expecting him. And there's a whole story about how this guy turned up, and they ended up drawing weird things on his head that you couldn't see in the film, and how the the chap that was doing the uh, a lot of the um, the kind of wax, not wax works, but the sort of the bodies that get their head chopped off, just the fake mm. bodies. Yeah. He, he sadly had, uh, he sort of fell ill. I think he had a heart attack, actually. And he was in the, the trailer with all these other bodies. So someone went in to try and get some makeup and they were looking for this guy that had that was doing it, that was doing the bodies. And they realized that this poor guy had collapsed and fallen in with all these other headless bodies oh my in, God. in a, in a trailer. And they realized they'd been stepping over him because he was just lying ill on the ground. So there's little things like that, which is, it's not funny, but it kind of, well, there's a dark humor to that, I suppose. But, That's crazy. Wow. Uh, but, but the whole stuff about filming in London and the effects going off, you know, explosions going off and the police coming and the fire brigade and all these different things. There's great little stories, which okay. you have to speak to, of course, to, to all the people there that that made it to, to get these stories because they're just not, you can't easily find them on the internet or Wikipedia or anything like that. Yeah. So I know you said you're not a huge fan of the rest of the films, but obviously this uh, franchise has endured both in film and television. Why do you think that uh, people care about it and that they continue to be able to produce these? Yeah, I think, oh, I mean, I suppose the the central premise of the original film is just so good. Mm-hmm. It's so simple, really, isn't it? Just someone being able to live forever and 
how what what happens to them and what's their take on the world and and things so i think that the first film has there's a lot of love towards that film and i think a lot of people i guess the theory was that of course if people like the first film then they're going to watch the sequels um but i mean i suppose the sequels i don't know how successful they've been i I haven't i haven't looked at all the the ins and outs of the money and the budgets and things. I think they always hope they're going to be more successful than they are, so they always manage to get money to make them. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know how how it's it's obviously not a a kind of Star Wars size franchise or a or a um, I don't know even Fast and the Furious these days franchise. It it doesn't. <laughs> it's not like it's not like it grows every time and gets bigger and, and more fans. I think it's it's a weird one. I think Highlander. It just sort of ticks over and every few years they come out with a new thing and it does okay, but it's almost like more people just get annoyed with those films than enjoy them. It's, it's a funny one. And yeah. And I think the TV series is different though. I think the TV series has a huge, quite large fan base even now. And there's a lot of love for that. When you go onto the the Facebook pages and things, you know, there's still a lot of um, passion for those characters and for those, all those different stories they told. But the films, I don't know. It's, I think it's just people, the producers trying to make more money. Of course, like everyone is, is trying to do in, in filmmaking. But every time they seem to lose a little bit more of what they had in the first place. Um, so, yeah, the idea of new Highlander films, no, I don't, I'm, I'm sure some people do, but I don't know who gets excited about the idea of another Highlander film if it's just going to be worse than the last one. Um, mm. which is not a very positive thing to say admittedly but um, <laughs> well, what about um, the possibility of like remaking the first one well although I've yeah although I've just said people don't get that excited I think the thing about the the rumored reboots or remake is that um, the chap who directed the John Wick films has been it's supposed to be involved. It's supposed to be directing yeah, them. Ch- Chad, Chad, yeah, Chad Stahelski, I think, is how you pronounce it. Apologies if I've got that wrong. But he, yes, I, and I think that could be amazing if you can see what he does with guns. Imagine what he could do with swords and him and his team. So I think, I think the, that, again, that, that central, that core concept of, of Highlander is, is amazing. And, and I would love to see it done with, love and care and and of course the first one when they when they made it they didn't plan for sequels as you can tell at the end of the film when he well i won't spoil sure. it for anyone who's not seen it but i'm sure they wouldn't be listening to this uh-huh. if they yeah if they we spoiled it <laughs> yeah so um they didn't plan for it but but i think if you do it again then of course you would plan for for multiple sequels and spin-offs and things um, although personally, I would love to see it as a Netflix series or an Amazon series, because I think it's got that. I think there's so much depth you could go into with different immortals and and different backstories that maybe maybe TV is the way forward now. Okay, great. Um, so, where can people follow you so that they can be sure to um, find out when the book comes out so they can grab it? Yeah, well, um, Twitter is a good place. Uh, I'm at John J O N underscore melville m-e-l-v-i-l-l-e or on facebook i think it's just forward slash jonathan melville j-o-n-a-t-h-a-n um so those are the best places really and 
hopefully I'll have a bit more to say about the book in the next month or two. Um, but I'm still just writing it and getting up in the mornings and, and writing it just now. So That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about it and give us a little preview. And we'll definitely um, you know, keep a lookout for when that's coming out. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to hearing all your all your episodes. I'm going to have to listen to them and then maybe I should watch the films again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think we were a little bit hard on the first one, but we're excited oh. to keep going and see okay. how it goes. Because we okay. don't have that quite that nostalgia that maybe you and uh, other people who watched it a little younger have. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, a lot of people, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't remember. I, when I spoke to the director, when I spoke to Russell Mackay, I said something to him about it's so good. What did I say to him? I, I made some comment to him, which was meant to be a compliment. Oh, like something like it's, it's so, so bad, good, it's good something like that, and he just laughed really, and he Aww. and I think I think everybody involved in it knows they all tried their best. Sure. Uh, it was a tough shoot. They they worked long, long, long days. Not many people who started, who were there at the start of the film, made it to the end of it, but um, but it was made with. I think a lot of, I mean, Russell Mackay, I'm not going to go into the detail because we're, we're wrapping up, but Russell Mackay, of course, at the time was, was huge in music videos. So mm-hmm. his style, I think the style of it, hopefully, hopefully we're kind of positive about the style and just the look of it. And it's kind of got that music video look to it, which then was very, um, well, maybe revolutionary, but certainly very different to a lot of films. Um, and even now I think it stands out and I think it looks great. But there are moments, of course, that are cheesy and the effects are not amazing. You can see wires and things. But but anyway, I'll stop talking. Yeah. About it. <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah. thank you again so much. I really appreciate it. And we will look out for the book. Great. Thank you. Bye-bye. So, yeah, we'll see you guys uh, next week for Highlander 2. This is the quickening! (laughs) Yeah! Yeah! (laughs) All right, see you guys. Here we are, born to be kings. We're the